1: Uh, thanks for downloading the Blue Moon Rising podcast. It's been a great show. I've really enjoyed it. We are talking to uh, Shay Given in the show, a Premier League legend, dare I say. Uh, we're going to be talking all the way through uh, Manchester City and Newcastle United's clash in the Premier League. And we're going over to Vincent Kompany contract Talk. There was so much we packed into one show. I really hope you'll enjoy it. Take it away now.
0: Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Good
2: evening and welcome to the XS Manchester Football Social. It's Tuesday, it's just gone six, which means only one thing. We are going to be talking all things Manchester City. It's the Manchester City Football Social. Uh, I'm Danny Jackson and joining me in the studio, or joining each other, should I say, in the studio, <laughs> is uh, former well, the for, former Blue Moon Rising uh, duo. Um, now we're going to start with Alex, uh, now comedian as well, Alex. Um, so Alex Hilton, good good evening, how are you?
1: Yeah, not bad. All about seeing you, man. How are you? How are you feeling Tuesday night? City play Newcastle tonight? Buzzing, buzzing.
2: When City are playing, it's just a good night. And uh, on the other side of the studio, we have got the one and only Adam Kegworth. How are Keyworth? Keyworth, go, go whichever
3: one you want. Yeah, good mate, good, 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 good man, nice good man. Well,
2: thank you uh, all for joining us uh, tonight. We've got loads to talk about. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about Vincent Company. Do we give uh, this City legend another contract? No matter wh- how many games he can play, should as um, who was it? He was saying on the show last night. One of the guys was saying on the show last night. Vinny should be given, I think it was Steve McInerney, yeah, yeah. should be given a two hundred grand a week contract for the next 10 years. He's not bothered. Do you feel the same? Uh, and another section of the show, we're going to be talking about the quadruple. Pep's ruled it out, but do you? Is it possible cities can win all four trophies this season? If you want to get involved, uh, give us a call on 03 7625. Or if you want to get us on text, it's 87711. You can even tweet us, or, which is at MCR footy Social. Um, and in the first section of the show we're going to be talking about this evening's game as uh, Alex uh, alluded to there um, Newcastle tonight and we have got coming up very very shortly uh, a legend for Newcastle and for Manchester City the one and only Mr Shea Given, but but quickly Alex um, back to, to Premier League action after seems to be a lot of cup games lately doesn't there? seems to be a lot of cup games going on back to the Premier League action what you're expecting tonight
1: uh, I'm not sure what to expect like you say it's been, it's been a break we've been away it's sort of back to, to real football I completely I forgot my fantasy team existed. I'd sort of get back to it, <laughs> but it's one of those awkward ones. Newcastle away, it's wet and windy, it's snowy Tuesday night. It, you know, it's one of those awkward places to go. I'm sure Rafa will want to help Liverpool out again, and you know, it's 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 one of those where I, I feel more nervous about these games than the games top six. I, w- I want us to to go out and dominate it, and I want to feel confident and, and believe that it. it's going to be an easy one. But I just sort of feel it could be niggly. It's going to be a little bit tough. You think if Newcastle... Which Newcastle will turn up? Because they
3: could be either side. It could be a really tough, uh, hard one to watch tonight. Yeah, Rafa's already said, hasn't he, that he's not playing for... Well, he said he don't want to lose 6-0, 6-1. So he's going to do what he can to contain us and counter which... Sets us up for a very dull game, but if we break them down early, it's game over.
2: Well, we've seen it before, haven't we? These teams that try and uh, try and hold it tight against City. As soon as that first goal in goes in, the game plan changes. So, one man who will know a lot more about this than any of us in the studio ever will is a man who played over 350 times for Newcastle and over 50 times for City. Welcome to the show, Mr. Shay Given. Good evening, Shay. Hi lad, you all right. How's it going?
4: You okay? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's a bit of a fan know more than you guys, but I'll
2: give it a go. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure you do, because uh, knowledge is limited in this studio, mate. But well, um, but listen, you, you know, it is a it is a big game tonight for both clubs. I mean, Newcastle being very kind of erratic with the performances, erratic yeah. with the results. City, yeah. say, they seem to be clicking into gear again. Maybe that early season form seems to be coming back to them. Uh, what sort of game are you uh, are you expecting tonight?
4: Yeah, well, probably you got it right. You, you know, it'll be quite, uh, I think, a defensive job from. New Newcastle obviously they're under pressure to, to get points and to try and even a draw tonight I think Newcastle will, look, it will be a massive point for them but of course Man City needs three points and, and, and I think Rafa we all know is, is someone who organizes his team really really well defensively it'll be very very hard to break down but I do believe in this City team and as you say the form they're in at the minute as well the goals they're scoring they're scoring handfuls of goals every week I think yeah, Mick have to be patient at times tonight but I do I do believe they'll have enough to, to get the three points and of course all the stuff going off the pitch at Newcastle well doesn't help. I don't think the fans are happy. at The minute you know the manager's not happy, the, the club's up for sale. Still, it's, it's it's all a bit of a mess, if I'm being honest, Danny. So it's it, it is not a bad time to play Newcastle. I think I think you know Man City should should get the three points tonight.
2: And and it's a fully fit squad pretty much now, isn't it? Uh, bar maybe Claudio Bravo for City. So yeah. Pep's got this uh, you know abundance of riches really that he can work with. And, and, and I mean you mentioned there that Newcastle will you know a very well organised under under. The Rafa, do, yeah. do you see them being able to though to contain City? Because I mean, it's okay being organised, but when you come up against the kind of a, offensive talent yeah. that City have got, it's yeah. going to be a tough night.
4: Well, the last couple of seasons, obviously, St. James's Park, when they have played, and they have literally kicked off and, and literally retreated to the edge of the box, Newcastle, in a defensive shape. And I, and from my playing days at Newcastle, that, you know, that would never have been accepted, if i being honest, you know, from, from the fans and stuff. Yeah. And I would like to see Newcastle come out a little bit tonight and, and, and have a goal, because they obviously need a result as well. I think it's inevitable that Man City will score at some point. So that means Newcastle need to score a goal as well. So I'd like to see Newcastle sort of come in the front foot, But then I suppose Rafa's argument will be, well, once we do come out, then that, that plays in Man City's hands because it's, you know, they'll they'll hit them on the counter attack. So it's it's, I suppose, about captain mouse really, isn't it? From 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 both teams in a sense. But I do believe, you know, from the last couple of seasons and the way Rafa's set up, I don't think Rafa's is going to change that. And even as you say, his comments leading into the game, then he's going to be quite solid at the back and and try and maybe you know counter attack Man City, I suppose.
3: Shay, it would be wrong to have you on and not talk about goalkeeping we've got Mm. at City at the moment I'd even say at Newcastle I think Newcastle's keeper is it Dubravka Mm -hmm. It's done really well this season Um, what do you think about the standard of goalkeeping in the Premier League obviously we've got Edison who's one of the best and is one of the weirdest keepers we'll ever see how how much has goalkeeping changed since you were at City and Newcastle
4: yeah it's changed a lot but you know that comes from from the manager as well you know that's that's the way Pep wants to play of course you know for Me, Ederson, if any kid growing up wants to be a goalkeeper and a modern day goalkeeper, then get a ticket at Manchester City and, and watch this guy play. I mean, it's just phenomenal to watch, and even for me, I still do some TV work there and I'm watching him warm up pitch side and I'm, you know, doing the half-time analysis and stuff after the game as well and just the, the easy to, you know he, he passes the ball out and, and you know the wing-backs are sort of playing high and they look as if the ball can't get them and he's literally just knocking it over the opposition's head by about about six inches and landed on the chest of his own full-backs and, and you know we've seen him a couple of weeks ago in midfield at one point having a 1-2 <laughs> he loved you know, it didn't he as well I was, buzzing, <laughs> I was buzzing with that I was just jealous I couldn't do that in my time but, no, but honestly you know any any sort of young goalkeeper and, and see you know the confidence comp- Conference. And it's not, I think, even the Man City fan, there's no panic when he gets the ball to back. And, and even if he's getting closed down by two or three people, there's still no panic because, in his head, everything's under control. And in Pep's head, that's exactly what he wants. He wants the opposition to close Edison down because that creates space somewhere else.
3: Do you think you could have managed uh, in midfield like Edison does? <laughs>
4: And every goalkeeper is a frustrated sort of striker or midfielder trying to get out, and that was no different. So I used to love joining in the five of six. To be fair, going back to goalkeepers, again, Debravke as well, you know, deserves a mention. I think he, he yeah. you know, the, the money they paid for him, I think it was a fantastic signing. I think it was it was maybe this time last year they brought him in last January actually, and and you know he's been probably one of Rafa's best signings. And then of course, you know, tonight he'd be well tested. But I think he's he is definitely one of the best players at Newcastle. So they'll have to be on their, you know, they have their shooting boots on to get past them for sure. There's been a lot of
1: talk at the minute about who the best keeper in the league is. Obviously, Liverpool and Chelsea have both spent big money. Edison
4: himself is yeah. a big
1: money signing. A lot of the fans are talking about like, is David De Gea still the best keeper in the league? As a former goalkeeper, who is the best goalkeeper in the league?
4: Uh, it's always tricky, like because everyone probably, everyone in the studio and myself might have you know three or four different opinions. But you know, obviously, Edison and Allison are both challenging you know for the best keeper in the Premier League. But also the Brazilian number one shirt, and Allison has that at the minute. But. You know, Ederson and some of the saves and performances. You know, we talk about the ball of his feet and, and I think people are a bit ignorant maybe to his goalkeeping as well, how good he is at that as well. He's a mm-hmm. fantastic goalkeeper, a shot stopper and some of the saves he's made this year has been fantastic as well. So he's pushing hard and of course I think David Hay would probably be at the top of the tree, you know, from a purely shot stopping thing and, and over a consistent number of years now. We've seen him for a long number of years, David De Hay in the Premier League and that's probably why he's at the top of the tree. But Ederson and Allison and, and, and Kepa of course at Chelsea as well, he's just come into the league. As as well so these guys are all pushing hard for and it's very difficult to, p- to pick one of course
2: It's horses for I courses think, almost isn't yeah, it as well yeah, his style think, of play you know,
4: and I think if you ask Pep Guardiola who would he pick out of them then there would be no question it'd be Ederson because of the style of play as well and mm-hmm. how he wants to play because he is fantastic with the, ball the for me you
2: definitely pick de, de Gea because he has, has a lot of d- shots to save doesn't he really know well, <laughs> he's, he's got to be good at think, it. He's, he's been, been playing with the season the last 4 years running I think
4: yeah yeah that tells you something of course different about Manchester United but you know David de Gea there and, and you got you got to give him credit for that. He's been fantastic.
2: Yeah, and 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 obviously you've got a hell of a lot of experience as a, as a goalkeeper, and it's been put to good use because I noticed on the uh, the telly over the weekend you are teamed up with Mr. Frank Lampard. I saw you on yeah. the uh, on the bench for the Derby game. Um, how, yeah. how did all that come about? And are you enjoying it?
4: Yeah, well, just out of the blue, really. I was on, on holiday last summer and I was doing the media, as you know, last last year after I retired, I was doing it for about twelve months, and I was enjoying that, and and then just. I got a random text out of the blue. Would you believe? And, and, and it was Frank Lampard, you know, saying, "Give me, a, give me a call when you get a chance." And, I mean, I don't know Frank from 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 before. Obviously, I played against him lots of times at different different clubs and what have you. But I never played with him, you know. So, you know, for me, it was all just totally out of the blue. And then we had a few conversations and, and sort of went from there. And you know, I'm enjoying this, this this coaching career now and and you know, with well, Frank of course, he's a hugely ambitious manager and of course Jody Morris as well there from Chelsea, Chris yeah. Jones as well. There's 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 lots of us there. You know, we're we're all starting on the ladder in a sense, but you know, we're in the top six in the in the in the championship, we've, we've knocked Southampton out of the FA Cup, we knocked Man United out of the League Cup. You know, so we've had some big performances and big results this season as well. So yeah. we're enjoying, it, of course, when we win, but when we lose, it's, it's not so enjoyable. But no, I can imagine. That's part of management.
2: Well, well, listen, Shay, it's been fantastic having you on, and uh, hopefully you guys will get yourselves promoted. We'll see you at the Etihad on the bench, which yeah. will be a, li- a yeah. little bit strange next season if it, <laughs> if it does happen. But uh, good luck for the uh, yeah, for the nice. rest of the season, and thanks for your All time.
3: Right.
4: Thanks, guys.
2: No
3: Cheers, problem. Shay. Cool. Cheers. So, I think we're going to get the opinion of a Newcastle fan now, which is interesting because breaking news coming out is that Newcastle are close to agreeing a club record deal for Miguel Almiron. I can't say that I'm uh, too tuned up with MLS, but it looks like that will be the case. So, something for Newcastle fans to finally get the teeth into transfer-wise. That mm. could
2: be could be That's a first for, uh, for a long, a long while long well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So, Especially yeah. with
3: the protests going on tonight. I've seen some things on Twitter about... Uh, big protests against Ashley tonight, asking City fans to join in. So, <laughs> this is really bad timing. But, Molly, we got you? We have. We have. Right, talk to us about Newcastle. Just saying to the guys that apparently you've agreed a deal for Miguel Almiron from
5: Atlanta? From Atlanta United, yes. Yeah, for $27 um, million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one of them where I would believe it when he when I see him with the shirt. because It's dragged on now for... Since the start of January, so we've been told it was close and close, and then there was agents' fees and transfer fees being negotiated, and it's it's just on the verge of falling through. And we, as Newcastle fans, we're all just waiting for it to fall through, because none of us has, have any confidence in the board at all to get anything done. They couldn't tie their own shoelaces, <laughs> uh, never mind tie up a, a deal for a, a world, uh, sorry, a club record fee for Miguel Almirón. It's still an unknown quantity as well, so. But there's positive
2: signs there though Marley isn't there? you know I mean if you are in the mix and it looks like that that deal's progression I mean obviously we understand the uh, frustrations Newcastle fans have with uh, uh, with Ashley because I mean at the end of the day you know he's somebody which is he's a businessman it's he's never been about football the Geordies are some of the most passionate uh, supporters in the world but you know maybe this is the start of things to come you know maybe you know get this signing in Bit of a spark back at uh, you know at St James's Park, and uh, if you stay up, maybe he's uh, he's willing to splash the cash a bit more in the summer.
5: Well, he's he said on numerous occasions, you know, we can we can spend what we make, and once we see that, I think that that's where Newcastle fans will get a bit of hope from because we we are making money. We're, we're selling players for big fees. We we saw and even going back to Andy Carroll a few years back. We we just didn't reinvest the money, so we're not bothered if we get thirty million for Sissoko when we told him to, to Spurs somehow on the back of that uh, amazing... <laughs> World week, uh, Cup, yeah. ...euros he had, or World Cup, World Cup yeah. it was. One or the other. Um, but we, didn't, we just didn't reinvest it, so it was like, OK, if we get rid of him, no-one else is coming in, and he keeps saying we can spend what we make and, and what have you, but every time we sell someone, we don't reinvest it in the playing squad, and the fans don't see it, and that just leads to more and more vitriol around the club, uh, and it's just a negative environment, and that's why... Uh, coming on here I'm, I'm not exactly looking forward to tonight because who's <laughs> was gonna wash you it's, that. it's just gonna be the, the same as as what we what we always do against the big clubs where we we defend and we try and take our chances when they come but when you've when you haven't got enough money to put in the playing squad you haven't got the quality to to rely on that you need to to get results against probably you're going up to eight or nine teams in the league. You just you just can't touch them.
3: Well, I'll give you one bit of positive news. Seems that Rondon's back in. He's he's played quite well for you from what I've seen. Top scorer for you this season. What do you do tonight to avoid defeat? Like like Rafa was saying, we can't get beat six 0 six one, and we need to find a way of uh, of countering City.
5: Yeah. Well, the thing we've done over the last couple of years since we come back up is when we play a big team, we 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 do defend. No, not not going to lie. Like We're not going to go toe-to-toe with them. We're not going to say, all right, we'll take one in a fight. It's just a, a case of the last few weeks we've been playing five at the back. When we played Chelsea, we had five at the back. Um, and we keep it tight and we try and take our chances in set pieces and things like that. Um, the odd counter-attack, the odd breakaway, that kind of thing. Um, Rondon's a big help for us because it means we don't have to play Josselu. Um <laughs> Which is just brilliant because um, he's just he's just not very good, um, but Rondon is is a bit of a threat. He can muscle players around. He is very very strong. He's not the he's not going to score you 20 goals a season. He's only ever scored nine, I think, is his is his best PL tally. You know, so we're not going to we're not going to tear City you apart. We're not going to pull them apart at any point. But scoring goals from from corners and free kicks and things like that that's where we can maybe have a bit of a a bit of a go. But it is going to be damage limitation. We are going to we are going to I mean, defend against City.
1: Would would six still be the worst thing? Because it, if Benitez has been trying all season to say, look, it's panic stations. I haven't got the players in. If two days before transfer deadline day you get your you know your handed to you and you go, look, here I am go and get me some players on deadline day.
5: Well, it yeah, it could be it could be that. But we've we've had bad results before and and it hasn't. We've had good results and it hasn't changed anything. Um, I was talking to a fan a couple of weeks ago, we beat Cardiff 3-0 and I thought that could actually be really, really bad for us because we've beaten 3-0 and I said last season as well, the, the worst thing that happened to us is we finished 10th because Ashley's going, yeah. well, you can finish 10th so I don't need to give you any money, you can, you can do it again. And But Raf is just like, hang on, that was uh, a bit of a fluke. It, we're not the 10th best team in the league by a long shot. Is, so, is that the
3: danger though? rafa leaving because it seems like rafa's holding it holding it together and there's not many managers who could do what rafa's done which i know that newcastle haven't been spectacular by any means but finishing 10th last season was quite an achievement and i doubt there's many about like rafa and the fact that he's been so loyal as to not just say you know what i've had enough with this is that the danger in the summer that if if it doesn't go to plan and he doesn't get backed and he won't be backed then it's one of those isn't it where do you go from there
5: yeah, 100% because um, I don't think anybody who's a Newcastle fan could could have ever blamed Rafa at any point uh, if he walked away from the club because he's had such a, a bad deal, he's had nothing to play with and it's purely out of the professionalism of, of Benitez that he stayed and he wants to finish what he started and unfortunately for us he's a contract up in the summer and unless he gets serious investment in the next couple of days, he's gone. And that's, that's us, then we're, we're really in trouble. Oh, mate, this is special. Yeah, I feel not, really sad yeah. now. I mean,
1: as Man City fans, you forget how spoiled we are I've not had a conversation this somber about. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's unusual for the shows, so it's always so positive. And we're like, ooh, fancy a 4 0 win, but I just feel bad now. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite somber.
2: Yeah, it, it, it is. But it, it's tough times for the for the Geordies. Every, I, mean, I think it, they're almost everybody's second club, aren't they? Because you know the, the passion that you guys have got. But uh, cheer up. Yeah. Come on, it might happen. Right. You never know. Not tonight, but it, <laughs> it might not, happen one day. I'll won't tell you, you what. Better not happen now. No, it won't happen with a bit of luck. But, uh, so, are, we gonna, are you going to give us a, a prediction then, Marley, before oh, you God. go? What, what, you, you, how, what does your heart tell you? What does your head tell you? Um, to be fair <laughs> to us, we haven't been battered that many times by. because. Well, oh, like, we just Lacky, had Shea Given on. I don't know if you heard that then. We yeah, had yeah. Shea Given on. I mean, he, he ta- talked about how. Rafa will always get a solid, particularly defensive unit. They're always very, very difficult to break down. So I can see that you probably don't ship too many goals, but I think, as you mentioned, you're not exactly prolific at the other end of the pitch, are you? And uh, Rondon is a great target, man. He causes problems, but, you know, again, his goal record isn't great, is it? So are you? I guess you're expecting a pretty tight game, maybe maybe City
5: nick it. Yeah, well, maybe not nick it, but it depends on when they get the first goal. If City get the first goal in the first 10 minutes, then it could be a long night, but... The one thing that's kept us in um, in the relegation fight and has a adv- advantage over everyone else down the bottom is we've got a very good goal difference for a, for a team down there. Fulham have been battered a lot this season. Huddersfield have shipped a lot of goals. We don't ship too many when we get beat. It tends to be two, maybe three. But then, other than that, like it's still a defeat, fair enough. But then it gives us that sort of little bit of like extra goal when it comes down to getting really tight at the end of the season. So it, tonight, I'd say it'd be maybe.
3: Three, four, one. I'll take that. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. Malley. <laughs> us all right. <laughs> up there.
5: <laughs> on, uh, great. Well, l- listen. Thanks. Thank you. Try.
2: Try and cheer yourself up. Enjoy the game. Uh, uh, that's time, that, yeah. that's Malley, our, our Excess Manchester's resident Geordie. So uh, that's the thoughts of him. But uh, listen, first twenty minutes has flown by. After the break, uh, we're going to be talking about the quadruple, the dreaded quadruple. Can City do it? Pep says not. But do you? So, if you want to get involved, give us a call: 0345 7625 or get us on text eight seven seven one one.
0: Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising.
3: Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. I'm joined by Alex and Danny. This time, we're going to be talking about the quadruple, which is a bit of an interesting one. Can City so do it? Pep says that we can't. Which I suppose he's just not being as uh, as ambitious as us. But we're going to be speaking to Ayush, who uh, called on Friday. Unfortunately, we couldn't speak to him for long enough. Ayush, are you there? Hi, hi, I'm
6: here. How are you guys going?
3: Hi, mate. Good to speak to you again. I know that on Friday you rang up about City investing in a Fernandinho replacement. Do you think we're going to need to invest now to go on even further with this quadruple chase? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so.
6: For one thing, Fernandinho, for me... Is He's is, is, is such an underrated player, probably the most underrated player in the Premier League. And, I mean, he can do it all. He's brilliant in that position, and he's been playing so well for us. But Pep got asked in the press conference today as well about rotation and the fact that there's going to be like a fixture build-up. I think we've got like Arsenal, Everton, and Chelsea on the space of like a week. So, I don't know. It's just, I wonder if we need to invest because who else can we put in there? Like Gundogan, again, like Burton Albion. He plays well, but on other times, he's not looks quite at it and then Stones as well has filled in there as well I just a bit worried because I love Fernandino and love what he brings and I'm just thinking whether we need to get someone in January or if it's best to wait till the summer if we really want to chase that quad like you're saying
2: Yeah I'm I'm completely with you Ayesha I, I think the importance of Fernandino was proven I mean the, the, you know this blip that we had this season it wasn't coincidence that it coincided with when Fernandinho wasn't playing you know he's so instrumental to um, how Pep wants to play the way that he links the you know that transition from defence to attack uh, he's but he's so much more isn't he you know he's he's got Box to box energy, you know, he reads the game so well. Even when De Bruyne uh, was it against Burton that uh, they played De Bruyne in that role, and De Bruyne looked a little bit lost, really. So what, what what that says to me is it's a very specialist role. I don't think you can just put John Stones there and expect him to do a Fernandinho job. I think we need to go out and invest big, really, in terms of bringing somebody in who can, uh, you know, be the successor to Fernandinho. But but who is that? Because I mean, we've obviously heavily linked with Frankie De Jong he's now now gone to Barcelona um, you know uh, uh, Alan at uh, Napoli there's been various links I mean is there anybody out there you think would would fit the bill for City
6: well that's that's the thing because Fernandino you know, he's just so complete like you said he can do everything he's a great passer of the ball he um, box to box he like holds really well, well. he's amazing at those um, sneaky tactical fouls to break play which <laughs> so many journalists who don't really like to be, like to point out but I think um, one player potentially is Ndombele from Lyon. And granted, i oh, not seen that much a player. of a besides the two games they had against us. But
2: he ran the show. He, was, he absolutely he ran the show. He was amazing.
3: Alex, but you... I thought it was he, amazing, so... Uh, I think Alex got a, a suggestion. We talked about this this guy a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. So Ante Pala Versa, um I don't know how you
1: keep it with your uh, Croatian football, Aesh. Um <laughs> I for one, I'm a huge fan of the <laughs> Um But Ante Palavcera is the like the next kid on the block, and we do see these new stories pop up every few weeks, where you know a lad who's, who's young and uh, has made a breakthrough in, in a team around Europe. But he's played at Hajduk Split, and he's the uh, the next best thing to come out of Croatia. And bizarrely, the Croatian press have compared him to Finland in his own way. And I think we can all agree one of the difficulties with Fernandinho is that he has his own unique style and, you know, he's a lot smaller than your average sort of big defensive midfielder and he's nimble and he's great on the ball. And that's what sort of Palo brings. And do you know what? I think we're all sort of talking about Fernandinho, like he's past it. I mean, oh, he's he only 33. He's in the modern age, that is not ancient for a Premier League footballer. Mm. And it is time to start looking. But this year, Fernandinho has been better than he was five years ago when he was a 27, 28-year-old coming through the team. And <laughs>
6: yeah,
1: I agree. I, I think with Fernandinho, he's proven this year, I think to me at least, that we can wait a little bit. He's allowing us that time. Frankie de Jong seemed ideal in the summer, but I want to see us develop Eric Garcia. I, think he's, I know he's coming through as a centre-back, but he's so calm mm collected really on the ball. Exactly.
2: And, yeah, and you worry about his height going forward yeah. as a center back, don't you really? So exactly. you get the feeling that holding midfield role could yeah. be a could be a good role for Eric Garcia.
3: I think I think as well like like we were saying it's in the immediate term Frankie De Jong might have been the option and I, I said on Friday I still stand by it that I think we missed out on him. I think he was a big miss. He went for huge money, but he's seems to be the ready-made real deal and as we were talking about, if the quadruple is a realistic thing for this season, which I don't really think it is, I think you need that depth. I don't think Delph, Stones and Gundogan, for as good as they are in their own positions, can cover that role should Fernandinho have to miss three games. Like Imagine Fernandinho had to miss Arsenal, Everton and Chelsea. What do we do there? I know that we've played without him and played well enough, but then we're stretched. And I think, I think that's what Pep was saying. Pep has said, in his own words, it is impossible for us to win the quadruple. So, what do you reckon, Danny? You're probably a bit more uh, ambitious than I am. I'm just being a bit, bit pessimistic. I think Marley's uh, put it my head, quite, <laughs> Mar- Still feeling <isn't> quite. Marley's
2: <laughs> killed the studio, and he's, uh, he's come in. But um, uh, quadruple, I think, is unrealistic, of course. I mean, the odds of us winning a, a quadruple are, are going to be ridiculous. However, we are favourites to win all the four competitions that we're in. So therefore, you look at it kind of individually, you'd fancy we could win them all. We're in the Carabao Cup final. We'll be favourites to go, you know, to beat Chelsea. Um, we've got a clear ish run, really, in the FA Cup. Uh, maybe one huge obstacle in maybe United or Chelsea. Um, the league, obviously, we, we're on the coattails of, of Liverpool and the Champions League. We've got the best draw that we could have done. So we're in a good position to do it. I think, where, in my opinion, where we have got great chances. We've had a lot of injuries early in the season. We've had players that have been out that are going to come back fit and fresh to go into the back end of the season. I mean, we're only just seeing De Bruyne. To me, by his own admission, De Bruyne weekend, that's the old De Bruyne. You know, that's the first game since he's been back from injury that it's looked like the old De Bruyne. So I, I think will never have a better chance in, in, to some degree than the, the position that we're in now I don't think we'll ever have a better chance we've got a, a serial w- winner in Pep Guardiola I mean look at the team he put out against Burnley I mean they must have got to the ground and gone what the hell is this all about you know because they'd rested five or six and Pep had gone almost full, full blast to do them so Pep wants to win everything he's never going to want to have a conversation about no, it no. because you know I think he's quite a superstitious guy as much as anything else he doesn't want the talk deep down inside though Adam Alex do you not believe that they're talking about that internally at the club. Are, I completely believe
1: it. 100% and I think, you know, I, I imagine I think you're bang on, I think maybe not even superstition, I think it's part of Guardiola, but I think, you know what, Guardiola wants to win every single game he plays. I mean, that might sound a, a bit daft for a, profes- a professional sportsman, but he wants to win every single game. I don't think with Pep there's any sort of talk about prioritising competitions. I think for his own career, he's in a position now where um there's a r- very real chance we might not win the league. The Champions League, Pep Guardian knows as well as anybody how hard it is to win the Champions League. And then you look at the, the domestic cups, which. I suppose at the start of the season might be lower priority, but if we're not going to win the league, we're not going to win the Champions League, it's very hard to argue with a man who's won two cup competitions. So he, he's got yeah. to go for the cup competitions now. Pep Guardiola has a love affair with the Champions League. He'll go all out. And then, of course, you know, for the sake of England, we can't let Liverpool win the league. <laughs> so I mean, we're, in, we're in this weird situation, but I, do you know what? I don't think it should be talked about as... <laughs> Um, Which one? Is is it realistic? Because it has to be the objective. It has to be the aim. And that this is... We're all Manchester City fans and I am guilty of this as much as anyone. But we just... We do have like a mentality in the club that... We're, we don't belong in the elite. Because I, I guarantee that in Real Madrid fans now, aren't, aren't at the start of the season, don't go, oh, you know, is it possible we could win the quadruple? They just go for it. They just try and win yeah. as much as they can. And it'll be the same at Bayern Munich, and it'll be the same at PSG. And it was the same at United in the 90s, and it was the same at Liverpool in the 70s. Big teams go all out to win think- every competition. And I think that's what Pep Guardiola brings. And they don't want to, like you say, he doesn't want to talk about. Can we do the quadruple? Because he knows they can. He knows they can. Absolutely.
3: I just made a good point as well when when he said about maybe we need to strengthen. But as Danny said, all the players are firing. You've got two strikers who are in red hot form, Aguero and Jesus. And you're getting there to a game now. Tonight, if I asked you who do you play, you'd want to see both it's got to that point now where they're both firing. You've got the bo- mm. both of the Silvers who are playing really well. You've got Sane and Sterling who are playing really well. We've got options for the first time in a while where you're not even sure who's going to play. And mm. that's unusual. If you look back to last season, you probably could have picked the team most weeks. Mm. The, the midfield three would have been Fernandinho, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. Tonight, I reckon if we all had a go at it, we wouldn't get it.
2: But going back to Aisha's point as well, um, actually that is, the, and, and it's funny because you, when you said if Fernandinho was missing, Chelsea, Arsenal, and um, what's the other one? Sorry, Everton. Everton, Everton, Everton yeah. Well, who, so if he missed three big games, who goes in? That's still a worry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I would like to have seen uh, maybe a central holding midfielder come in, or one that had been blooded already. Just as because we know when Ferner was out of the side, we weren't the same side. He just, you know, he's just so integral to how City play Um, but I mean, again, you can't look at it. you can't look at the situation we're in and not be optimistic that there's yeah, a yeah. chance of it. And I know it's unrealistic I know the difficulty in winning a doubles hard enough, winning a treble. I mean, when's the last time that was done from a, Still a you, United. Know, you know United in '99? You know, so so to win a quadruple it's almost laughable. However, we've got the squad to do it. You know, we've got talent in an abundance across you know right across the right across the squad. So why not go for it? And like like you said, Alex, you know, there's no these are winners everybody who owns Manchester City, everyone who's involved in the club are absolute one hundred percent winners. They're not gonna they're not they're gonna look at it now and feel we can do it, but it'll never go public.
3: thanks, oh, thanks yeah. Irish, by the way, you've brought the tone right back up. It was yeah. getting very, very sad. So thank thanks for calling in. On the cups, look at these cup draws that we've been getting. I was saying to United, mate, the other night, do you remember when United used to get all these these Favourable draws, as I pointed out. And them. we were all saying it was a fix. The table yeah, of turn. Yeah. I've fully <laughs> gone full 360 on that. But it's great. Like, we're getting clearer runs at things. Yeah. Do, United drawing Chelsea was great. Do, we,
1: sorry. It do, you gets think, rid of do you think we've got an easy FA Cup draw?
3: It's favourable. I mean... favourable.
1: It's favourable. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm not saying that Middlesbrough will beat Newport, but... Let's assume they will. Uh, I yeah, hate dude. playing Middlesbrough. I, I hate the yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Tony Peel this as well. Yeah, exactly. and he hates playing us. <laughs> and it's, it, but it's one of those where do you, do you not remember? Was it 2016 where they knocked us out at the Etihad? They were second division side. I'm dreading it. I, I honestly think it will be every <laughs> no. year in the last few years. We've Have got you watched Middlesbrough morning,
2: lately? Side. They are a poor side. Duh. I mean, they are a very, very Duh. poor side. I mean, I get. I'm a bit superstitious. I get the bogey side scenario. I mean, we're Newcastle's bogey side, so I think it's 22 games they 22, haven't beat us. So hopefully that one yeah. continues tonight. But for me, I, I mean, whoever we get, like, like, like Adam said, it's a favourable draw. I'd love Newport because what an occasion that would be you for just them want to to, League Two side. You know, try and get a ticket for that New one ground, if you can. Yeah. That would be uh, that would be difficult, but. I don't rule Newport out. You know they—they they, you know they got a draw at, at, at the Riverside. They brought them back to the home ground. You know they're gonna have—they're gonna be on top of the the players like we saw in the previous round against Leicester. Yeah. You know that atmosphere. You know Leicester was was knocked out of the stride that day. So you know Newport would be a great job. But but we should sail past Middlesbrough in my opinion. Well. I know.
1: And I know, also know like literally two minutes. You're ago. too old school, Alex. You're, you're <laughs> getting know. too
2: nervous. You're too old school. But the last
1: thing is, I know two minutes ago I was going like, their winners be like a big club mentality. And I'm like, we're gonna. Get Get, we're going <laughs> to get knocked right? out by Middlesbrough. Because <laughs> they beat us 12 years ago, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but it's, um, but I'll, look at, I'll look at the record. Uh, I mean, they you know since the 8-1, they've then beaten us 2-0. Uh, they, they knocked out the FA Cup 2-0. We drew, when they, were, they, went, they went down, they drew twice. Yeah, so it's, um, I
3: think the final thing on that quadruple thing is, and we can have a bit of a moan about this, uh, the Everton game's been moved more than two weeks forward because of all the other fixtures that we're playing. And this is the issue about playing in all these Cups Now we play them between Arsenal and Chelsea. It was meant to be a couple of weeks' time, which is a nightmare to have to play those three games in seven days. Is this the week, next week, where our title running will be decided? If we we win all three of those games, realistically, is that the hardest part of the season done?
2: I'd go with yes, but we'd like your thoughts as well. If you want to uh, text us on eight double seven double one, or get us on Twitter at MCR Footy Social. Um, Yeah, after the break, we are going to be talking about Mr Manchester City, Mr Vincent Company. Uh, He's a little bit over the hill, not too much, but do we give him a new contract? If you want to get involved, give us a text, and we'll see you after the break.
0: Manchester City Football Social.
2: Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a.
0: Show Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising
1: Welcome back to the Manchester City Football Social I'm Alex Hilton, I'm in the studio with Fanzo and Danny Jackson and ex-Blue Moon Rising uh, Adam Keyworth we are talking all things City and now we move on to uh, a debate that has been Brewing as the week goes on. Uh, Vincent Company, there is so much to say about this man. Club legend, Captain Fantastic. Uh, so many special moments in a Manchester City shirt. But we are now at that awkward point where his contract is coming to an end. He's not really a regular in the side. He's not totally committed with fitness and injuries. And, and do we keep him going, do we not? Now, uh, own Steve McInerney had plenty to say on this last night.
2: To me, it's an absolute no-brainer. If he wants to be in until he's 45, to me, just give him the contract. Honestly, <laughs> find a job for him somewhere. Get him in the canteen. Get him doing whatever he wants. To me, he is everything that
6: symbolises this journey that we've come on. You can't buy a replacement like Vincent Company. Even like Virgil van Dijk, as good as he is, he still doesn't have that statesmanly approach that Vincent Company has. Well, Kompany if that's has. the case, Steve,
2: when would you get rid of him? Surely the primary when he reason he's to there, When to go. On his
1: terms. Well, he doesn't want to go. He is there to
2: play football, right, yeah? And he's, he's a good footballer. He's there to play football. Play football. If he's playing 50% of the games. Why pay him two hundred grand a week? Because you're he's Vincent Company. You're one of the richest clubs in the world. You can probably afford any centre back. You could be investing in the next Laporte now, the next Vinnie Company now, and bringing them through, rather than hanging on to a player that you don't need and won't. <laughs> <fit on laughs> we do need him though. <laughs>
6: we do. How many
2: teams would take Vincent Company now? I tell you, pretty much everyone would snap our hands off, which says it all. Because not for two hundred grand a week they wouldn't, because he isn't fit yes, enough. Yes, but some people are worth that money when they've done what they can for this club. If you wanted quite a quarter of a million, I'd give it him for the never five years, because <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll find a way of paying. Because Vinny, he could not leave this club.
1: Feisty, is it? Feisty. I mean, where do you come on that? I, I
3: think Steve wants to keep Vincent Company from that clip. <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think it's a really weird one. Like Pep said, sentimentality kind of goes out the window, but he does want to see Company fit. He's not been fit for the last six games and he's not really been fit for the last three years. But the question is, where does he go? Where Company and his family are mank now. Like, look, he's, he's married a Mancunian... He lives here, he's bringing up his kids here. Where does he go aged? Was he 33 this year? He hasn't been fit for a long time. I I don't want to see him go, but he's not getting near our team. Surely I mean, I he goes to the same no, place know. that, you know, <laughs> Pablo Zabaleta, who was <laughs> Mancunian and had
1: adopted Manchester and, you know, a family in Manchester. And we thought Pablo Zabaleta was never going to leave forever. And he rocks about West Ham, and surely Manuel Pellegrini must be rubbing his hands together, shouldn't he? Looking at Vincent Company's contract expiring,
2: and I, I don't think it'd be just um, uh, Manuel Pellegrini. I think you look at like like Steve said there. You look at what if Vinny represents everything that is good about Manchester City you know and, they, and, they, and not, not just from a footballing side but from a community side you know this is a guy that ploughs loads of money into helping the homeless in Manchester you know this is a guy that is just so articulate so intelligent you know it, 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 I, I've said on the show before Vincent Company after football can be whatever Vincent Company wants to be and his wife Carla has said that she's um, he, and, and, you know, she knows him probably better than anyone and he's the sort of guy that if he wants to go into media he'll do it and he'll be the best at media if he wants to go into to coach and he'll do it but i still think he's got he's got years in him i think he's given that he's had some some bad injuries i mean obviously that's taking game time away from him so if he can go through a spell where he is injury free i think Vinny company would be happy being a fourth choice center back for manchester City. i wonder City what for the it's taken out of years. him
3: mentally i always think that when he's coming back you've got to be so strong to keep coming back knowing do you know what? I don't. I don't think I'm going to make it again, and then come back and come back and come back again. But Steve made a good point about him being statesmanly, like like you said, helping the homeless. He's doing everything he can, and his his dad's now a mayor, isn't he? In Belgium, he's done his degree in business. He could go and do anything. So I just wonder if if he still wants to play football. I that, mean, that's what I think. I, I'm sure he does. He's still our club captain, and. I still love watching him lift trophies, but when do you pass that baton on to someone like John Stones? When does that happen?
1: but, but also I think w- whether it's Stones or Laporte, Company K- wants to play football. Otherwise, he would have stopped. Because, like you say, you know, it could be it could be a coach, it could be a business, it could be Prime Minister of Belgium if he wanted to. Vincent Company can do anything, but an he wants ball. to be a footballer, which is why he's turned up for training every morning. But. I love Vincent company as much as anyone does. But it isn't Stones and Laporte that are missing out. It is Eric Garcia and Philippe Sandler and Tosin Adarabioyo who's having a great season at West Brom as a young lad and must be thinking, hang on a minute, I could go back to be the fourth choice. I get some real serious minutes. That's a good point. At Man City. And you go, sorry, Tosin, we haven't got any room for you because yeah. nostalgia gets fourth place on the bus. And I'm really, really sorry to put it that way.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, you can't buy the experience that Vinny yeah, Company's yeah. got. You know, and and it's not just on the pitch; it's the leadership. I mean, you look at you look at him, Alex, in that Liverpool game a few That's weeks what ago. I was he say. was yeah. immense. He was yeah. absolutely. That was not a player that was over the hill. That was a player that had more passion and energy than any eighteen, nineteen-year-old centre back I've ever seen. So Vinny's still got it. He still got it in his locker. But I, I, I it's a risk, isn't it?
3: That's what it is with with company, I think. It's just a risk of, can we just rely on him for those big games? Because in that game, like you say, he was unbelievably good. He's come back from injury and quite not comfortably. I don't want to get too arrogant about it. But he kept one of the other better strike forces in the league at bay. And that's no mean feat for a lad who's 32 and he's been plagued with injuries. But... Do you just risk him for those big games every now and again in a season?
1: Because he's, you, you bang on, you bang on. He's got it in his locker, which is which is so invaluable. But if he can continue to produce those performances, then surely the contract will come. And that's in company's court now. You know, you've got to prove himself and prove that he is one of those players that's matured like a fine wine and has got that experience to, to give to the team and will continue to produce in big games. I mean, one of the things that um, is in his court is that we're, and how true these rumours were, we were looking at Chiellini yeah, in yeah, the, summer, the summer before that, yes. who is actually older than company. So, and Chiellini is certainly one of those players which, um, you know, has matured and does benefit the team and despite his not being as nimble as he used to be, Adds with that age, well, that's we're going experience we're
3: going back to, to the Fernandinho debate again. Fernandino's older than Vincent Kompany, and he's better than he's ever been. So I don't think it's the age thing; it's just it's just the injuries. And I I almost feel sorry for Pep in the press conference today because what was he meant to do? He was asked this impossible question: Kompany's contract's running out. Are you going to extend it? And he quite rightly said it's not nothing to do with me. He'd love to keep him at the club, but again, I I quite agree with Alex's point on it's keeping out the Eric Garcias if if he is. The fourth choice and he's too good to be fourth choice. If he's playing, but given his injury
2: problems yeah. over the years, I think he would settle for being a bit part player. Yeah. I really do for the next couple of years. I think maybe what it is with me is the like, like all the blues. It's a nostalgia thing, isn't it? We've seen Yaya go, we've seen Zaba go. Yeah. You know that kind of team that that came in in the early days of of Xhaka's reign. There's only two left. It's it, you know you're looking then David Silva and Sergio Aguero. Yeah. So I just think it maybe is that, that I don't want to let him go. You well, know, he's going to get testimonial, it isn't he?
3: It's that's this summer. Yeah, his testimonial this summer because all the all the profits go into the homeless charity that him and Andy Burnham have sold which is wonderful and you'd expect nothing less of Vincent company is that goodbye that's that's going to be the question because it would it'd be it'd be really sad to see him go but I just don't know where he goes I, I don't know if his heart is in going to try and prove himself at another club where he's loved by all of us and us as the fans are saying oh give him as much money as he wants He's going to be leaving that behind. Well, oh, to be fair,
2: too. to be fair, Steve McInerney must get paid a lot more for doing this show than any of <laughs> us because he's willing to to fund Vincent Company's two hundred grand a
6: week
1: contract. Am I missing Am I missing something here or what? Well, I, I, I mean that's the thing. But it, it, it's bizarre because Stephen, you know, he, he does come from that, and it, it, it's so hard to talk about um, Vincent company like that. I don't want to be negative about him because he's given so much to the club and it, he is symbolic in what he represents. That's not, like you say, you know, he's, he's a little bit of old City and a lot of new City and I think yeah. that's something But that... he's,
2: he's something that everybody loves about City and that's what, to me, Vincent Combe represents our club yeah. better than any player Look, that, that I, can, you, I can remember. If you yeah. ask fans
3: of all the other clubs, pick a City player that, that you'd have at your club that they don't hate, it'd be Vincent Combe, it always has been. If you are not asking a United fan who's, who's the only player at City who you like... They go. oh, company's all right. Seems like a nice fella. So it's, it's like you say, he represents our club really well.
2: Yeah. So, so okay, okay. Um, so we've
3: we've heard the pros sure. and
2: against. We've heard the pros sure. and against. Alex's point really valid about you know is he is he stunting the progression of some of the younger centre halves, Philippe Sandler, Eric Garcia. I'm putting my point across that <laughs> I, I believe he, he's a guy that represents so much more than what he just does on yeah, the field yeah. from a leadership point of view as well as his, his ability. Adam's a bit mixed. He's, he's, on, he's not sure. On yes or no, sex. Alex? Yes or no? Vins and Company gets an extended contract.
1: <sighs> I mean... You're horrible, Danny. I know. Oh, uh, yes. Look at him squirming. Yes, seat. But, under some conditions. Number that one. you don't have to pay the 200 grand. Right? It's a player coach arrangement. I want to see him coaching young players. Number two, Pablo Zavaleta in as the assistant manager of whatever your team is given. I want to see, if we're going to go on nostalgia and your players coming through, I want to see it going on that project. And I sort of think there And is you want a pitch group. named after him as well, don't you? Come you know, on, I at the training also, ground. But you know what? There, there are those options. There's, there's, there's New York City and the whole city football group. And there does seem to be something that the club do want to bring in these older players and the whole idea of legends going through the club and our very own version of the class of 92. And I think the yeah. company would be fitting for that.
3: Yeah. I'm going to say yes, but one year. I don't think offering him a long-term deal is very sensible. Yeah, One year, and then ask me again next year, and I'll probably say...
2: <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to commit too far. I'll keep going I get around
3: that. in circles. It's
2: no, I, I think I'm, I'm a definite, yeah. I think I'm a definite, yeah. And when all said and done, boys, it's not our money. Let's keep him around. It is not our money. So, you know, I, I'd say sign him up for another two years.
3: Let's well let you lot let us know on uh, on Twitter at MCR Footy Social get involved with that one because I don't think it's going to be settled in this room because uh, none of us are really that sure are we? Yeah. <laughs>
2: that, that's a debate that will uh, will not end in one hour football show but listen the hour has flown by uh, Adam, Alex fantastic really enjoyed it it's the first time us two as a trio um, have, have been in the studio so great great chatting to you both uh, hope you've enjoyed it out there don't forget to download uh, the podcast from wherever you get your podcast from uh, but for now uh, join us next week and tomorrow it's the Wednesday Club I Am I'm back on XS Manchester. Yes, they've had me back again, which is amazing. Uh, but for uh, for all the Blues out there, enjoy the game tonight and uh, catch you next week.
0: Manchester Football Social.
2: So there it is. Uh, that's another show done and dusted. Uh, it's a very positive uh, studio. Other than Marley, the Newcastle fan. Yes, that guy was depressed. But uh, Adam, uh, we're going to be getting off to watch the game
3: now. What are you expecting? Um, a tight win. I'm going to go tight win, 2-1. Good. Alex? I'm not sure. I I think Marley was on something. I think (laughs)
2: 4-1. Marley will. Yeah, he was very very pessimistic about his club, not about ours. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, tune in next week.